Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Celebrating the Word with Dean Caldwell Ministries. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you joined us. This is going to be uh, part two of the series that we are in, Spiritual Gifts. Uh, part two of actually part two, because the preachers last time went a little long, uh, but you know how preachers are sometimes. So again, we've got a, a special guest today, our pastor, Chris Bradley, and we're glad to have him. Uh, but just a few little prelims. Um, we have the, uh, what am I trying to say? The email, uh, elevating the word at outlook.com. We'd love for you to send your uh, prayers, your thoughts, your comments there. Again, elevating the word at outlook.com. Uh, also, we have the ability to give now if you want to support the podcast, support Brother Dean's ministries uh, in a digital way. So far as like Venmo and Cash App, we have those and those will be down in the show notes. All you got to do is click on that and then click on the links. It'll take you right there and you can give to his ministry. Also, you can use snail mail and use the P.O. Box 126, London, Arkansas, 72847. Also, he has the Facebook to keep up where he's going to be at Revival. Um, encouraging posts, encouraging videos, um, and all kinds of things of that nature. So with nothing else to be said, will you go ahead and uh, start us off, Brother Dean, and then introduce Brother Chris as well. Thank you, Brother Rob. In our last session, we uh, had a special guest, and we brought him back again for this session. And because we're talking about the vocal gifts, and this is Pastor Chris Bradley, and uh, we were we just got uh, a lot of information on the last segment of uh, talking about the gift of prophecy and uh, the vocal gifts include prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. And we're going to continue with this today. Pastor Chris, so glad to have you today. Well, it's an honor to be with you again and uh, excited about uh, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So let's get started. Let's yes, do it. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Well, we, we have talked about and given some insight concerning uh, the vocal gifts, and uh, we're talking about tongues and interpretation. And uh, there's three great chapters in the Bible that are uh, given to us as explanation of the proper use of these two giftings of the Spirit. And keep in mind that uh, it, it all starts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when he talks about uh, uh, the manifestation of the Spirit as given by gifts. In the last session, we talked about how God made us spirit, soul, and body, spirit, spirit, being part of us because God is a spirit. And these spiritual gifts actually move beyond, beyond uh, uh, a verse of Scripture that uh uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 14, Paul said, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Look at there what he's saying. 
my understanding is unfruitful. What that does, it bypasses. It bypasses all of your understanding because the human mind is made because we want to control everything. I want to control everything that happens to me. And when I find something that I cannot control, then fear abates in my life. But as long as I can handle everything, I'm not afraid. But fear is an enemy against God, and it's an enemy against faith. And you've heard us say before, fear activates the devil the same way faith activates God. So God is not in the spirit. Now, notice it calls it a spirit of fear. Yeah. And uh, so God uh, let these giftings uh, be used in operation by the spirit so we can bypass self, bypass the self-understanding, and, and go straight to the throne of God. So, of course, all of these gifts are given uh, for the profit of all. They're not given uh, just for one to make a name for themselves. Uh, they're not given for one to grow a ministry or even to grow a church, but they're really just to, in the, in the moment of time that, that, that the Spirit sees the need or, or sees that a gift is needed, uh, oftentimes He will use someone who is available and just made themselves uh, willing and just available for them to, to be used of the Spirit. And so today, Brother Dean, let's talk about the gift of tongues and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And, and we see this here in uh, verse number 10 of 1 Corinthians 12. Um, it says that to another different kinds of tongues, or if you have the King James Version, it says diverse kinds of tongues or diverse tongues. And then to another, the interpretation of tongues. Would you just give us a quick definition of what the gift of tongues is. Okay. Uh, gift of tongues, of course, the Greek word, there's glossolalia, glossolalia uh, meaning languages as a supernatural manifestation of God. And uh, there's two kinds of tongues that are mentioned in the word of God. And uh, one of them is in the book of Acts chapter number two, when the outpouring of the Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost, and there was approximately 120 people, the Bible uses the terms about 120 people in the upper room, and uh, they were speaking in languages that literally existed in that day and time because those languages had been brought together. And uh, they said, how here we ever man our own tongue wherein we were born. And, uh, and then when you go to First uh, Corinthians 14 and 2, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but unto God for no man. Yeah. No man understands him. So there is other tongues, which is languages, and then there's unknown tongues. That could be languages of angels. That could be whatever God chooses to use. But there are two types of tongues that the Bible does speak of. And pastor, I think that one reason this is, is because you just can't box God in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't box God in the corner and say, God, you, I, I want to speak Chinese or I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's something that God chooses and it's a manifestation of the spirit of God in us. When you, can connect with God Almighty. 
your spirit connects with God. And so when it said uh, tongues is a manifestation, supernatural manifestation of languages that are given there and on the day of Pentecost, um, I can't remember how many it, they're named in verse 8 and 9 in Acts chapter 2 of how yeah. many different nationalities of people that were there. And they make the statement, how hear we ever man in our own tongue wherein we were born? And he and they name all of these. And then it says they're glorifying God. Yes. They were magnifying God in the process of this. And what happens there is when your spirit inside of you connects with God, because John 4 24, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And when it bypasses all of my understanding, and, and for instance, there's a very powerful scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. There are times whenever you need to pray about something out of desperation and you don't know how to pray. You just don't know how to present it before God. But the verse in 26 of Roman, Romans 8 said, Likewise, the Spirit also, the Spirit also help us, helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us. Watch this with groanings which cannot be uttered. When the Spirit of God takes so charge of your life that it bypasses mm. all of your understanding and then it connects with God Almighty and the Spirit of God is praying through you. It just simply means you may not know what you're saying, you may not know what you've covered, but I'll assure you when, you, when it's finished, you have touched God. Mm. You have touched God in the process. So, so Pastor... The idea of uh, the gift of tongues is given to for the manifestation of the Spirit of God to flow through us to show that it is divine. Yeah. It is divine. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't speak, well, I do. I speak two different languages, but then there is a spirit language. Yeah that God moves that lets me know, hey, Dean, you are in divine order with God. Yeah. No man understands this. Just you and God are communicating together. That's a wonderful feeling. And that feeling gives us insight to God. Yeah. Just gives us insight for it. And I want to just emphasize here for a minute that uh, these are languages. Yes. This is not some, uh, you know, just some type of delirious speech or just a babbling that's going on. This is real. Yes. Uh, whether it is the gift of tongues or whether it is a prayer language, it's an actual language that's making yes. connection to the Almighty. Yes. Pastor, I get this question a lot. Why do you believe the speaking in tongues is... Uh, evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, number one, it is a d something divine. And when it comes through the unction of the Spirit, 
if 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 you'll notice, and and I'll turn back there and just point some things out in Acts chapter number two, and Acts chapter number two, he gives some insight here that he said in Acts two. Well, let me start in verse number one, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire, and it set on each of them, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, you know, uh, the New Testament church started yeah. at that time. Mm. They started at that time, it was uh, so divine that it moved them in a realm of connecting with God. And so it said that through divine utterance, which means it was spirit-given, it was spirit-led, and they yielded their spirit to the Spirit of God, and it connected them with God in a way that they had never been connected before. And that's the wonderful power of the Spirit of God. So they asked me the question, why do you think speaking in tongues is the evidence? Well, whatever, that lets you know that there's something divine has taken place inside your life. Something divine has just happened inside of you. It's beyond my understanding. It's beyond what I am comfortable controlling. And, uh, but I like it. I like it. And the knowledge I have of that lets me know I have connected with God. Paul goes on to write in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but not love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging symbol. You know, when we were talking about uh, the gift of prophecy uh, on the last podcast, uh, we mentioned the importance of love being the motivation to to being used in all of the gifts, not personal ambition. Again, not trying to make a name for ourselves, not trying to build our ministry, but just allowing the love of God and a love for God's people to flow through us as we make ourselves available uh, to the Holy Spirit in that moment. And as He... Uh, imparts or as he deposits that gift in us to to help meet the need that's, that's yes. there. Anytime that a person makes takes claim to one of the divine gifts of the Spirit and does not have love in their life, then uh, number one, that counteracts yeah. who God is and what God's all about. These things flow as a gifting from God, and because God is love, they move through us as well. The power, the strength of of the power, the gift of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives on a day-by-day basis. And I think it's important also to note that the gifts are still for today. Yes. Uh, they're important, and, and we are coming into uh, a gift-giving season. Uh, you know, we're about to enter into the Christmas season. Yes. And uh, gifts are, are a big deal. But the gifts of the Spirit are to benefit and and to profit everyone uh, who's who's getting to, to enjoy that in the moment. Yes. 
And also in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifies the church. It said in that passage of scripture, he that speaks unknown tongue edifies himself. Uh, the word edify means to build up, yeah, to enhance. Uh, so what is saying there, uh, tongues in a believer's life edifies them, and it edifies them to build one's faith and to build spiritual life inside of you. And, and, and the question is, how do you know that that's doing that? Number one is you know enough about it that you're connecting with God. Yes, yes. You're connecting with the supreme being of the universe, the ultimate power that there is, God Almighty, that holds the breath we breathe. And me as a mere human being on this earth, I am connecting with that kind of power, that kind of authority, that kind of love. I'm connecting with God. So when he said it edifies the individual, the the gift, uh, the speaking in tongues, the gifting of tongues, edifies the person with God. Yeah, and uh, that's so uplifting. I, I I don't know how you could get around the fact of the evidence of the Spirit of God moving in you whenever God brings it out in such a way that it has to bypass our understanding and it has to bypass uh, everything about us Mm. and just connects with God. And then there is a spiritual happening that happens through us that uses the most unruly member of our body Mm. and causes the most unruly member of our body to glorify the ultimate God of heaven. That is a wonderful plan that God has so we can connect with him. Mm -hmm. He chose to use the tongue. And the tongue, the Bible speaks of the poison of the tongue. The life and death death. is in the tongue. How many times have marriages been destroyed just by Words. I've heard people say, you know that old saying, words, sticks and stones break my bones, yeah. but words may never harm. That ain't a, there's no <laughs> truth in that. Words hurt. Yes. Words kill. The tongue can tear people down. It can destroy churches. It can destroy workplaces. It can destroy families. It can destroy children. It can destroy. But God can take that destroying ability and cause it to worship him in a means that is beyond your understanding. Mm. I know two languages. I speak two, two languages. But when you're talking to God, I don't have a clue what language I'm speaking or whether it is a language or not. But boy, I know yeah. down inside of me, I am connecting you're with connected. God. Yeah. And it's beyond my understanding. And God planned it like that because at that time, he's got you. Yes. And he's got your attention. And you're not trying to figure this thing out. And you're not trying to make it step one, step two, or step three. It's just here we are, God. And you're doing this through me. That's a wonderful feeling. Powerful. Paul goes on to write in 1 Corinthians 14 and 5. He says, I wish that you all spoke with tongues, 
but even more than that, that you would that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. The gift of tongues obviously is limited without this next vocal gift, which is the interpretation of tongues. Would you speak on yes. that? Yes. Okay. The interpretation of tongues is simply this. God is telling you what he's saying. Yeah. He's telling you what he's said. I've had this to happen two different times in my ministry where uh, one time I was pastoring a church and there was a lady that came and I think she was from Lithuania. I'm not sure, but it was another country. And we were in the service and there was a message in tongues given. And I gave the interpretation. After the service was over, this lady came to me and she said to me, you, in a broken English, very broken English. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, will you be my interpreter while I'm here in these states? And she had come from another country wow. to attend uh, college. Wow. And, and, of course, I jokingly said, ma'am, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I've been trying to think about learning another language because I don't do good with English. My English is messed up as well. She said, no. That woman back there stood up and spoke in my home tongue. And then you stood up and told everybody here what she said. Well, number one, I had no clue of that. Yeah. It was beyond my understanding. It was the gifting of God that had bypassed me, mm. but yet it was using me. Mm. I've had that to happen twice wow. in my lifetime. But it lets me know that this is divine. Yes. And and it's something that if people only knew the benefits of walking in the realm of the Spirit of God, we would be seeking after the heart of God. Yes. After the things of God. So yes, the interpretation of tongues is given for what it, and Chris, what happens in a service? And uh, in a service, if there is a message in tongues given, it edifies the person. And so everybody there understands God is now present in that place using one individual that is edifying themselves between them and God. Yeah. And the whole congregation is putting their, their thought pattern now together. Hey, God's here because that person is under the influence of the spirit of God. And so there's a holy hush. Yes. There's a reverence. There is time to wait on God. And then the interpretation comes when God has to let you know he's there. He's there in a very powerful way. And, and maybe there's some people out there listening, you have never experienced this, you've never heard anything about this, but just read. Read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 as Paul puts this in perspective. And, and Chris, let, 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 me, let me just uh, do something here real quickly because, and I'm not trying to cast stones, but I want you to know that, uh, you know, this thing was not done away with. Yeah. And there's some people that thinks, oh, this was done away with when we got the Bible. Well, listen to this. Mm. And where they get that at is in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me reread those scriptures. Yeah. Verse number eight. 
He said, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. What I've always had thought of is why did they just say tongues were taken out, but knowledge never was? Yeah. But this says, Charity never fit. Number one, when it said that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. That wasn't when we got our Bible. That's right. That's talking about the eternal kingdom. Yeah. Because he goes on later on and said, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. What is he saying? Right now, I don't know everything. I don't even claim to know everything. But whenever I'm changed from a corruptible to an incorruptible body, from a mortal to an immortal body, everything I did not know, I will know at that point. And these giftings will no longer be needed. But right now, they're not done away with. They're still in operation. And we need them to operate in our life personally. Yes. And we need them in the church world as well. Yeah, you know, and again, Paul tells us to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Oh, yes. Never to get to a place. You know, and I know that uh, those who, uh, you know, feel like the gifts have been done away with or that they're no longer needed because we have the canon of Scripture that we have, they're really, uh, they're, they're, their doctrine is incomplete there because, again, these gifts have been given to us. And even when Paul writes there in First. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, he, he is telling the church at Corinth, I don't want you to be uninformed or misinformed concerning spiritual things. This is real. These are gifts. Gifts are good. Our God is the giver of good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. God doesn't give us bad. God is good. Mm -hmm. And these gifts, again, are to edify, build up, uplift the church. Yes, it is when God has something to say. Now, let me let me just point something out here. Um, when God speaks like that in a congregation, he's got something to say. It's not generic. It's not off the wall. It's God saying something to that group of people. That is inspiring, informative, uplifting, and it has a direction to it. And I think there's a lot of people that says, well, this can get out of hand. It can, and I've seen it get out of hand. Sure. And uh, about the only way you can deal with that is through teaching of the scripture when people get uh, in a praise and worship service and they just feel so wonderful before God, then automatically God wants to use me in a powerful way. He may and he may not. Right. But we may we may need to step back and look at this and say, hey, you know, this is me worshiping God. This is between me and God. And not every time that I'm worshiping God, worshiping God, does God want to use me to speak to that congregation of people. It's just me and God's time. It's our time to get together yeah. through the spirit so it can bypass me and get in touch with God. And there's a lot of people that, oh, they get way out there with that sometime. And I understand why some people are turned off of that. 
But the fact is, it's still in the Word of God. Yeah. And if you had to tear it out, you'd end in 1 Corinthians 11 and start back up in 15. That's right. Because these three chapters here give insight to the operation of the vocal gifts in the church. And I think that uh, just the fact that there have been misuses or that there may even be a counterfeit proves that there's a real, that there's a genuine that's there. You can't counterfeit something that's not real. That's right. You know, something along the lines, and I know that we're running out of time here and we have to finish, but you just made a point that I really just kind of want to hit again. And with the interpretation of tongues, when a interpretation is given to a congregation, a message in tongues can build up the church much like a word of prophecy. Uh, And Paul goes on to write here in 1 Corinthians 14 and 6, He says, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying or by teaching? When just like what you said, when when the Lord speaks to us, he has something to say. It's not some canned, generic, just, you know, him hall type of a word. When the word of God comes forth or a thus saith the Lord comes forth. It is for a purpose. It is intentional. It is. It is. And the reason behind that is in Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here's what that scripture is saying. Your faith can never supersede your knowledge of God. So what that means, the more I learn about God, the closer I am to God. The more I understand about God, then the stronger my faith is, the greater my foundation is, and my walk in the realm of the Spirit of God. So God's not just going to ramble. He's going to teach us something about Him, learning the heart of God, knowing the Mm. mind of God, because that establishes my faith. Mm. Keep in mind, your faith can never supersede your knowledge of God. We should always want to know more about God. Always seek after the heart of God and the things of God. God, I want to know you and the power, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering. I just want to know you. So yes, pastor, when this gift does operate in the church, it is giving insight to us about the heart of God. Yeah, It's not generic. It's not just somebody wanting to say, hey, I feel good. I've got two goosebumps yeah. and uh, I'm going to exercise this. That's not what this thing's about. Interpretation is not about me. Yes, Tongues is to edify the person. But interpretation of tongues is to edify the church, to uplift the church. What better to uplift the body of Christ than knowledge of God? The more I learn about God through the unction of the Spirit. You know, uh, Pastor, there is um, uh, some very powerful scripture, and uh, I'm going to go back. Well, it's in 1 Corinthians that Paul is writing here, and he gives uh, some insight that, uh, that really, really just, uh, it, it blows my mind of how God says this. And uh, in verse 18, he said, for the preaching of the cross, I'm in First uh, Corinthians chapter one, I'm sorry. 
First Corinthians chapter one, verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God for the preaching of the cross. Then in verse 21, he said this, after that in the wisdom of God by the world, by wisdom, God knew by word, by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Why did God choose preaching? Why did God choose preaching? He said, it's the foolishness of preaching. I understand that's not foolish preaching. That's right. <laughs> but the foolishness of preaching. A man gets in the pulpit. He gets up there, expounds the word of God. Preaching is a mixture. It's a mixture between anointing and word. That's what preaching is. Anointing and word. Anointing makes you feel. Word gives you knowledge. So it's speaking to the soul and the spirit of man that you are ministering to. God set that up. Mm. God chose that. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. The anointing destroys the yoke. It is the same kind of spirit that the gifts of the spirit are given by the unction of the spirit of God that will move us into a realm with God. And when you're preaching, you will remember things that touch you. Yeah. You and I can be traveling together and go through the same experience, but you'll come out telling a different story than I will. You're going to tell the part that touches you. I'll tell the part that touches me because we remember more of what we feel than just what we hear. But the smart God of heaven, yeah, yeah, the knowledge of God in heaven put a gifting together and he put it together that there's feeling and there's word. There's feeling and there's word. Why? So you will retain mm. what you hear about God. So whenever the gift of tongues and interpretation is used properly in the church, it has feeling with it. Yeah. It has word with it. Wow. And you will remember what you hear more than just what you hear if it has no feeling. So the unction of the spirit moves. So God is saying, learn about me. Learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Learn, learn, learn of God. But it comes through the unction of the spirit that just paced it in our minds and our hearts. And we will remember it long after we hear it. So I encourage people constantly seek after the things of God. Seek the heart of God. Seek God in every facet of your life. But base your seeking of God upon the strength of the word of God. Yeah, yeah. Base it on the strength of the word of God because the more I know about God, the stronger my faith is. The stronger my faith is, the greater my foundation is yeah. of faith. And uh, 
all the times that through the Spirit, through the realm of the Spirit, that God's Spirit has touched me, I remember those times. Yeah. I may not remember the date, but I remember the happening. Yeah. It's just there because God has set it up in such a order of that. And so, you know, we're going to conclude in a few minutes here on this study of the vocal gifts and the two kinds of tongues, unknown tongues. That's in 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man but unto God for no man understands him. Then there's other tongues that is in Acts chapter 2 which gives us a, a, a vast variety there of God is saying to you and I, I'm not limited. I'm not limited to languages on this earth. Chris, I remember reading one time, uh, and I can't remember where I got the information, but it, it said on this planet earth, there's three thousand seventy eight different dialects wow on this earth and god can use any one of those he chooses but then he said there's a language that's not on this earth because yeah. no man understands it yeah but in the spirit he speaks mysteries what's this saying when it comes down to being filled with the spirit of god it is an unlimited, vast pool to draw from. And it's when my spirit connects with the spirit of God and it bypasses my understanding and it bypasses who I am and it just connects with God. I don't understand it, don't know what I'm saying, Somebody said, well, what good is that? The good of it is it edifies me with God. Yeah. And that's what he says in his word. And when I have been with God and God has been with me, yeah. when I leave the situation, I just have that satisfaction. It's handled. It's taken care of. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Pastor? Well, I just, you know, the, uh, you know, I guess the thing that keeps coming to my mind is, is John 16, where Jesus is talking about the spirit of truth. And of course, we know that the gifts come from the Holy Spirit. They are the gifts of the spirit. But Jesus makes the point that he's, you know, everything that I have, I've given to him and he's going to give to you. Yes. And, you know, part of his purpose, talking about the Holy Spirit, is to to transfer those things to us yes. for such a time as this. And, and I'm thankful that, that this faith that I have, have in Christ and, and this relationship that I have in the Holy Spirit is not dead. It's not based on, uh, you know, dry doctrine, but it's very much alive. Yes. He is a person and he is working and moving in people just like you and me all across this planet yes. in these last days. Yes, Pastor, so true. Uh, one uh, example of this, Jesus was here in bodily form. 
And uh, he could only be one place at one time when he was here on this earth, bodily form. And there's no doubt when the disciples got in a hard spot and they didn't have an answer, they looked around and said, hey, I think we're going to turn this over to Brother Jesus. Right. <laughs> but he's no longer here in physical form. Yeah. But he's here in spiritual form. Yes. And because he's here in spiritual form, he uses the physical me mm. and the physical you yeah. to touch the physical world. Yeah. And we have to be endued with power from on high. We have to be a vessel fit for God to move in and to move through. And so God made us, and I keep coming back to that because I want, I want people to get their minds wrapped around that. We are made by God so we can connect yes, with God. Yes, yes. Spirit, soul, and body, my spirit connects with God. And when I am saturated with the Spirit of God, it bypasses my understanding, my thought pattern, and it just connects with God Almighty. And because it is connected with God Almighty, then I'm edified with God. I'm uplifted with God. And I encourage people this all the time. If you're discouraged, get along with God to the point that you allow the Spirit of God to move through you. And when you allow the Spirit of God to move through you, it connects with a holy, righteous God. And it pulls from the heart of God. Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, I perceive virtue left my body and entered into you. She just walked up behind him without him knowing it and touched him. But the need she had and the faith she had pulled it out of Jesus into her. Well, the Holy Spirit does the same thing for us. Jesus was here physically. He's no longer here physically walking. I can't go over and touch the hem of his garment. But through the spirit realm, my spirit can touch God. Yes. And because it can touch God, it draws from God into my spirit, into my soul. My strength is just so blessed, uplifted, and the power and the strength of God is moving. So God has given us these gifts for a reason and a purpose so we can connect with him in a way that nobody else can connect except through the Spirit of God. That's awesome. Thank you for letting me be with you. Oh, thank you, Pastor, for coming. And um, I am just so thankful to get to discuss this uh, and I hope that people will receive understanding from this and follow after. Yes, there's a lot of false out there. There's a lot of people that want to bring glory to themselves, but this thing is real. Yes, yes. It's genuine. It's true. And it is powerful. Yes. Pastor, will you again close us in prayer today? Yes, sir. 
Father, we thank you for the gifts of your spirit that you have uh, given us, Lord. You've not left us ill-equipped, unequipped, but Lord, we are well-equipped for this last day. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in our lives. And I pray that as we, uh, God, are going through this study and, and this series of the spiritual gifts, may we just, uh, God, uh, just be stirred to a new level of hunger and desire and Lord, as the Apostle Paul writes, may we eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. I pray your blessings over Brother Dean and in his family and his ministry. And Lord, I pray your blessings over every single person that's tuned into this podcast today. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining the podcast today. We hope it encouraged you in a great way. We encourage you to go to Dean Caldwell Ministries page and like and follow. We will be posting videos, dates and places and updating our broadcast from time to time. Thank you for joining and have a great day.